this week's episode of the All Things Bama podcast, Mason Katie and Joy discuss what's next for Alabama football, soccer's trip to the NCAA tournament, and our expectations for basketball as the season kicks off. It's the All Things Bama podcast, a part of the Bama Central Podcast Network. Welcome to the All Things Bama Podcast, a part of the Bama Central Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mason Smith, alongside Joey Blackwell and Katie Windham. Guys, it was a rough weekend for the Crimson Tide, to say the least. Of course, as we know, Alabama lost to LSU on the last play of the game in overtime. That knocked them all the way down to 10th in the AP poll rankings. And then, of course, Alabama soccer had lost to South Carolina in the SEC championship game. But there's still more good news to them that we'll get into later in this podcast. But, Katie, starting with you, we're going to start with that Alabama-LSU game. You know, it was a lot taken away from post-game, post-game quotes from the press conference earlier today. Just what have you kind of brought together? What are your early thoughts about how the team played? My thoughts about how the team played LSU, you know, it, it's – it's another one of those things that's just really it's kind of baffling what we see from game to game. You know, the first half, the offense, um, first drive of the game for them after the defense got a stop, they marched right down the field. Bryce throws the interception in the end zone, so obviously Alabama doesn't score. Um, and then the next three possessions are three and out, and they can't really get anything going in the first half. They don't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter, so – I mean, you know, early on the offense was struggling. The defense looked really good. Joey was all ready to write a story about how the defense was playing in that game. And then the second half, you know, the offense started clicking a little bit, um, driving a little bit better, scoring some touchdowns. And then every time the offense had the got the lead, um, the defense would immediately give up a score. And so I think we're just continuing to see more of the inconsistencies from this team. And it's really, you know, for people that followed the Alabama football last season, the message was kind of, you know, there wasn't a ton of leadership. There wasn't necessarily always the best buy-in. Um, and this year's team has a lot of leadership, but it's almost like there's still just something that's not clicking. You know, after the game, Will Anderson said, we all, you know, love each other. We all play together. It's not an effort issue. Um, but then, you know, if it's not an effort issue and you've got this type of talent that Alabama does from year to year, then, you know, kind of what are the issues? Why are there execution issues from week to week? Why are there so many execution issues nine games into the year, a week off a of bye, you know, and you had time to rest and recuperate. You know, Mason, you wrote about that some last week that the team you would think coming off a of bye would be more locked in and focused. And um, outside of that first, you know, scripted drive by the offense, they were pretty flat in the first half. And then the defense, after a week where they should have been rested, you know, looked like they were worn down a little bit in the second half and still making mental errors um, and not covering some of the guys they were supposed to, um, you know, as that game wore on. And so I think once again, you know, we saw the inconsistencies add up for the Crimson Tide. And also, which Saban brought this up on Monday, um, again, you know, Alabama's had four games that have come down to the last play. A couple weeks ago, he said in a press conference, we can't keep letting games come down to the last play. And LSU, once again, obviously came down to the last play. And so, um, you know, ideally, if you're Alabama, I saw a tweet from Chris Felica today, um, the Bear, if you all know who that is from College Game Day. I'm sure many college football fans do. Um, he said, Alabama single-digit wins or losses versus SEC opponents. Over the last 17 games, 10 of them have been single digits. The previous 54 SEC games before that, there were 10 that came down to single digits. So it's like, seems like every game now is closer to the Crimson Tide. And previously in the Saban era, that just wasn't a thing. Alabama went out there and dominated opponents. And, and um, you know, again, this week it came down to the last play, and um, unfortunately for Alabama, it didn't go in their favor. 
No, it, it certainly didn't, Katie. And one thing that I caught my attention that caught my attention was talking about Ja'Cory Brooks. Again, with seven receptions, that was solid, but with 17 targets, a lot of catches that you would kind of expect him to make, he didn't make. So, Joey, of course, going to you, we could talk about the offense and, you know, how it kind of didn't produce. We could talk about the defense and how it kind of fell short in the end. But what did you see, you know, from Saturday's loss? I saw a defense that came out really solid in the first half. Um, I liked what they saw. If they had been able to maintain that momentum, Alabama probably wins that game. First half, they only gave up seven points. They only gave up 135 total yards to the offense, held the LSU Tigers to just 37 yards on the ground. And that's, that's that's progress. But obviously, you know, defense. we're in a day and age where you can't just rely on a solid defense in order to win games. You also have a, have to have a, a solid offense. And, of course, in that first half, Alabama only managed to get two field goals, the only points they were able to get up on the board. Um, the second half we saw, you know, like Katie kind of mentioned, the offense did get a little better in the second half and did, uh, you know, allow them to kind of go neck and neck with them. For the final 30 minutes, the defense kind of just fell apart <laughs> and started giving up more and more yards. I mean, by the end of, uh, of it, of course, LSU had um, 367 yards, uh, almost dead even, 185 on the ground and 182 in the air. Um, and then just but Alabama started committing more and more penalties in the second half as well. Um, so just undisciplined play. Um, people can point their fingers at, at play calling all they want. There definitely were a lot of issues on offense in that regard. But at the same time, um, those, some of those play calls might look a little bit better if uh, they had been executed properly. <laughs> um, and there was just a lot of poor execution, a lot of poor communication. Bryce Young, that has to be – I don't I don't know the exact stats, but that has to be the, the worst performance of his career. I mean, 25 for 51, um, 49% completion percentage. And those aren't, those aren't all drops, ladies and gentlemen. Those – a lot of those were overthrown. A lot of them were underthrown. He just didn't really seem like he was altogether out there on the field. And um, when you have, you know – a leader like Bryce, you know, not performing well, no doubt that gets to the rest of the players. Um, Alabama still, but even that being said, we were still in a game where Alabama could have very easily won that game. Um, and it's just frustrating to watch as uh, for Alabama fans, you know, because even the, even the Tennessee game, you know, Bama could have won that game and it was a last second field goal. This game they could have won, couldn't stop a two-point conversion, couldn't stop an offense from going 25 yards into the end zone. And that's ultimately what matters. A loss is a loss, and it's going to be should be treated that way. And um, we'll just have to wait and see where they go. There's still three games left. Alabama could very easily lose to Ole Miss. People are kind of writing it off as a potential win, but they could very easily lose to this to this um, really good offense and really good running game that Lane Kiffin's built there. Um, so if they don't patch up the holes in the defense, that could be a problem. But as of right now, you know, let's, you know, if Alabama is able to win out, they'll probably go to a, a decent New Year's six bowl, or they might go to the citrus bowl. We'll just have to see how things play out with the rest of the sec, but it is, you know, just one of those, one of those very rare occasions where you're watching an Alabama team. That's, uh, you know, not in control of their own destiny. Um, there's a lot of other factors at play, and um, you know, I, as a big fan of chaos in college football, I, I uh, it's good to have Alabama kind of out of the way, so I can focus on this the maniacal, crazy things that are going on around the rest of college football. Who knows? We might even have TCU finish in the top four, which I would be incredibly excited to see. So we'll just have Max to Duggan, <laughs> Max. It's the Max Show. But, but no, definitely. I got, a, wait, I got a quick note on Bryce Young, real quick, mm -hmm. Joey. When you said it's the worst game of his career, it's actually interestingly enough, 
I found when I was looking up stats after the game was over Saturday night, which was rolling into Sunday morning um, because it was a night game. His stats were almost exactly identical to the Iron Bowl last season. Both Mm. games, 49% completion percentage, 25 of 51, the exact same in both games. Um, He actually had a couple more yards against LSU on Saturday than he did in the Iron Bowl, but in both games he had an interception. Um, And then in the Iron Bowl last year he had two touchdowns, um, but one of those was in overtime and only one touchdown on Saturday that crazy play to Ja'Cory Brooks but really look Bryce Young has been the thing that's been keeping this team in games a lot this season and um he yeah he did not have a good first half at all um made a lot of poor throws including the interception obviously but if he doesn't make the crazy plays like he does like the touchdown to Ja'Cory Brooks it's like things are just even worse for Alabama than they already are so um you know not his best game but ultimately he was kind of what you know, was keeping the offense in it. And like Nick Saban said on Monday, you've got to have the pieces around him doing more um, to keep this offense going. It, it was always a shot at the the wide receiving core. People have always said, you know, this wide receiving core is not like the usual Bama elite receiving core that we're used to. And, you know, I've always kind of had a, I would say an, op, an optimist kind of outlook on them. I felt like they would have had a chance to step up, and this was the game to do it. Um, I think Ja'Cory Brooks with 17 targets, this would have been the game to really shine and kind of cement himself as at least one of those guys. But unfortunately, that did not happen. Jameer Gibbs still had to essentially pull double duty as a running back and basically one of the leading receivers for the Alabama offense. So it's just a lot to kind of unpack and kind of transition to the next thing when it comes to Alabama. Yes, they have Ole Miss coming up. They have Austin P the week after that and then the Iron Bowl to wrap up the season. And I, we do expect them to kind of have a chance at a decent New Year's Six Bowl or even the Citrus Bowl. But Guys, I can't help it. I'm going to be honest. Looking towards the future, it's thinking like, okay, well, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, maybe Henry Toto, maybe all these other guys are looking towards the NFL. You know, all we have a, a lot of young guys that are expected to contribute, you know, next season, like the Jalen Milrose of the world, the Roy Dell Williams of the world. Like, for me, I can't help but look to think, okay, well, they're going to focus on finishing out this year. They're going to play hard. I'm not going to say they're going to quit on a team. Never that. But you have to think with those guys having – future aspirations beyond this season, do you think that becomes more on the front of the mind? Or do you think they'll be able to kind of shelve that and finish the season strong? No, that's not the Bama way. I I don't see them, particularly players like Will Anderson and Bryce Young, they're definitely not going to step aside for the bowl game. (laughs) That's not Alabama. Um, I know a lot of other big teams and big players do that. That's definitely not an Alabama thing, though. Um, No, this is... At the end of the day, this is still a Nick Saban coached Alabama football program. They're still going to try their hardest to win their final three games. They're still hoping to get into the biggest bowl that they can. Um, they're still hoping to win that bowl. I know, you know, a decade or so ago, people think back to when Alabama got their butts kicked in the, in the Sugar Bowl by Utah and, you know, games like that where um, it, it didn't ultimately mean anything. You know, there wasn't any championship aspirations on the line in, in those games. Um, this year I think is going to be a little bit different just because they're eliminated so early on. Um, I think that this, that, that, you know, they'll be able to settle in and kind of accept the fact and kind of, you know, play with a chip on their shoulder a little bit and, you know, hopefully maybe even play a little bit more, um, at ease just because the, the weight of the world isn't on their shoulders like it was before. Um, but I, I don't see this Alabama team, you know, quitting or giving up at all. Um, I, that's just that's not Nick Saban. That's not his coordinators. That's not the players. So I, I, I don't think that's a possibility. 
I think it is a fair question or idea to bring up, you know, with Bryce Young and Will Anderson being first round draft picks in a way, like what would be the value for them in continuing to play this season? Um, if you're looking at it from that point of view, um, but I think they will continue to play because they are competitors. And I think what Saban said on Monday about, you know, these next few weeks are going to be a test to their pride. How much does playing for Alabama mean to these players? You know, he said something about um, a quote about, you know, Ole Miss, of course, is going to want to win this week and put it up on their mantle. They beat Alabama, too. So, um, you know, I, I also think, though, on it was interesting what Byron Young said. I think he was a little more honest in saying there's going to be some people that question, which I think he was referring to his teammates, maybe, um, why are we still doing things the way we are? Meaning, like, why would the players still go, you know, full out, me training so hard without a championship on the line, which is what all of them come to Alabama for to win championships. And so, you know, I'm sure there are some players that it's going to be hard um, to keep them motivated, but there's also a lot of players that um, are fierce competitors that I know have to be incredibly frustrated, incredibly disappointed, because there are a lot of players, like I wrote about after the game, you know, it's extremely likely that this is Bryce Young and Will Anderson's last season. I can't see any scenario really where they don't go off to the NFL draft. Um, and then there's a lot of seniors on this team that came back this year to win a national championship, uh, like Jordan Battle, Henry Totoa, DJ Dale, guys like that. And so I know they've got to be incredibly frustrated, disappointed um, that, you know, their chances at a championship are, you know, less than 1% at this point, basically would take the impossible for something like that to happen, which, I mean, we have seen crazy things happen in college football before, but I I don't think it's going to happen. And I think most (laughs) people would agree, but um, I I don't think they're going to fold in the towel, but we'll, I mean, this Saturday will kind of be the first test that how do they respond? How, um, you know, how, how much pride do they have in Alabama? And like Byron Young said on Monday, in the name on the back of their jersey and script on their chest. Is that something that they're wanting um, to play for? Are they going to want to put their best foot forward Ole Miss after they didn't necessarily against LSU? Um, just just for the record, of the nine teams that are ranked ahead of Alabama in the AP poll, two of them, LSU and Tennessee, do hold head-to-head victories. So, Katie, like you said, it's mathematically possible that they could sneak into the top four or sneak into the SEC championship, it's mathematically possible, but that would take an utter collapse by the at least five or six of the teams ahead of them to even have a, you know, a puncher's chance at that. But again, I want to just say this is not, I don't believe that any of the players are going to quit. I don't think any any players are going to just going to throw in a towel or we're going to focus on the draft. I don't think anybody's going to set out whatever bowl game they get. It is just, like you said, a fair question to keep in mind of, you know, what to be expected of the last three regular season games and then the, the one bowl game that they'll have. Now, the last thing about football, and we're going to touch on this really quick, is, of course, the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, I talked about earlier, earlier in the month, really more so in October, how Alabama defense had a gauntlet of passers. They had Hennon Hooker. They had Jaden Daniels to go through, and now they're going to wrap it up with Jackson Dart of Ole Miss, who is still in the upper echelon of SEC quarterbacks and passing yards and touchdowns. Now, one thing he will do, he will throw picks. He will cough it up. He has seven interceptions on the year. But another thing that's kind of keep that scares me in terms of Alabama defense and what they have to face, Jonathan Mingo is second in SEC with 664 receiving yards. Quinshawn Judkins is second in SEC with 1,036 rushing yards. So it's going to be a lot of weapons for the Alabama defense to kind of get ready to face in Ole, in Ole Miss. And, Joey, starting with you, what are your kind of early expectations for Alabama as they head into this game against the uh, Ole Miss Rebels? Well, first and foremost, it's Lane Kiffin. Um, and you never really know. 
um, what kind of game he's going to bring. We've seen, you know, I think back to that 2020 game where my game story was over 2,000 words because the offenses just wouldn't stop scoring. And then you have games like last year where Alabama beats them by, you know, double digits, and Ole Miss was never really in that game, you know. So um, I, I think that – I think this game is going to be very interesting, though, just because – of the defensive struggles Alabama's had over the past, over this really this entire season. Um, as Nick Saban said himself on Monday, you know, he, he, you know, a lot of people like to highlight the passing game with Ole Miss, but their rushing game has been, you know, really solid this year. Um, <clears throat> and when they have the ability to, you know, to kind of diversify their play calling, um, that's dangerous with Lane Kiffin at the helm. Um, so I really like, I, 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 Really like what I've seen for them. I think they present a legitimate shot. You know, they have a they have a chance to kick Alabama while they're down. And I think a lot of it does come uh it'll come down to how, like Katie said, how does this Alabama team respond to the loss? Um, if they come out, you know, with a chip on their shoulder, you know, or something to prove and say, hey, we still do deserve to be, you know, um, maybe not top four, but we still do deserve to be one of the top um ranked teams in the country. Um, then I, I like Alabama's odds, but you know, if they did not handle that loss really well, um, and if they kind of do throw in the towel, as we've kind of alluded to a couple of times, then Alabama could definitely lose this game. Um, it's losable for Alabama and it's certainly winnable for the Rebels. Katie, one, one thing that concerns me with the offense for Alabama again is how are they going to respond? Just how, just like how the defense is going to respond, how's the offense going to respond? Will the receivers? You know, after kind of being slighted all year, after having a game like they had against LSU, you know, what are you kind of just expecting from them? Do you expect Jermaine Burton, who came to Alabama, expecting to be one of the main guys, and he hasn't really had that game yet in SEC play? Like, what are you kind of seeing from the offensive side of the ball going into LSU, not LSU, Ole Miss? Yeah, I mean, I really don't know at this point, kind of like I started out the podcast saying what to expect from this offense. Cause it's kind of like, you just don't know um, from game to game. I, yeah, I think overall most Alabama fans would agree that Jermaine Burton has probably been a disappointment this season. Um, you know, both wide receiver transfers. I mean, I don't want to call them busts, but Tyler Harrell's only played like one game. And then, um, you know, Jermaine Burton, I think has a little over 300 receiving yards. And until, um, he had that catch in the fourth quarter on Saturday, I think on Alabama's last drive um, of regulation, or maybe it was on the touchdown drive. Um, but before that, Ja'Cory Brooks was really the only wide receiver that had done anything all, all game. I think Burton had like one catch for four yards before that, and Kobe Prentice had like one catch for five yards. And other than that, it was all Ja'Cory Brooks for the running backs and Cameron Lotto a couple times. So, you know, but it's not just um, the receiving cord that, you know, needs to get going. The run game has struggled with consistency this year. And, you know, part of that is you wonder, um, should Alabama run the ball more? Cause they seem to have a decent amount of success to get against LSU, but then kind of um, steer clear of it. I think we saw a little bit more um, Roy Dell Williams this past week than we've seen um, for most of this season. Um, obviously he's kind of used, he's, he's not a huge guy. Obviously he's never close to Derek Henry's size, but um he's probably the biggest back physically and so someone they're going to turn to in more short yardage situations um i think when you're going up against an offense like Ole miss um it puts a little bit of pressure on the alabama offense to keep scoring and so um you know you would want to say that this alabama offense is going to come out focused but you would have thought that this past saturday against lsu and it's not what we saw um in the first half so um 
I really don't know what to expect. I think maybe we'll see Alabama try and run the ball a little bit more, but um, we'll just have to see. Definitely. Again, to kind of wrap up the football part of the podcast, Alabama will take on Ole Miss at Ole Miss this Saturday. Now, transition to another program that had a chance to seal the deal and came up short was Alabama soccer. Alabama soccer lost, <clears throat> excuse me, won to nothing against South Carolina in the SEC championship game. That kind of put an end, it didn't kind of, it put an end to Alabama's perfect SEC slate where they went undefeated in the regular season. And of course, they, until South Carolina, they were um, undefeated in SEC tournament play. Had they won that game, they would have been the first perfect SEC season since 2000. It would have been another win onto another record-breaking winning streak. But after talking to Coach Wes Hart after the game, he just said they were just – they were gassed. They, they just had a lot. You know, they played a lot. He didn't make any excuses. He, he respected South Carolina. They won the game. But his play – he just said him and, his, him and his players, they just – you know, they kind of ran out at the end. So hopefully this is a chance to kind of – rest rejuvenate get their legs back under them selection show is today so of course we'll we'll be there to cover or i'll be there to cover that and then they'll play starting friday with the ncaa tournament and i know you guys are busy heading back to tuscaloosa from lsu but katie starting with you on this one what did you kind of what did you kind of hear after the game and what are you kind of expecting from alabama soccer heading into the ncaa tourney yeah i mean i don't think that you know, obviously Alabama wanted to win that game, but I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world that they did lose. Um, because when you're on that type of winning streak, it can create some pressure to keep it up. And obviously the time you want to go on a winning streak uh, is in the NCAA tournament. And so, uh, because now it's losing, you're done. So I think this Crimson Tide team, um, you know, they'll, they're, they're pretty focused. They're pretty locked in with the leadership they have with what Wes Hart has said. And so, um, they had opportunities in that game, you know, even in the last couple of minutes, there's the header um, by Riley Parker that could have gone in the goal, but didn't ultimately. And so um, South Carolina obviously played a good defensive game, um, held Alabama scoreless for the first time since that Miami game in early August. Um, but I think this team uh, will be locked in and ready for the postseason and hosting some games in Tuscaloosa. Exactly. No, I, I really agree with that point. Honestly, no loss is ever good. No loss is ever warranted. But I do think that with a loss like this, it can kind of not only kind of take the weight off the shoulders, but just kind of renew the spirit. Like, you know what? It's over. It kind of allows us to, you know, woosah. I hate saying woosah. That's really such a, a cheeky term. But at the end of the day, it does give Alabama a chance to kind of like step back, appreciate what they did, which is one thing West Hart has remained adamant about through this entire run. He is proud of his girls. He is proud of his team and all the record-breaking success that they've had this season. Now, Joey, you got a chance to, you know, follow the team as well. I know you were on the road coming back from LSU. But, you know, looking at – from what you heard about the SEC title game and looking forward to the NCAA tournament, you know, what are you kind of expecting from the team? Well, I kind of agree with Katie. Um, I think that it's really good to be reminded when you're that you're mortal. Um, I think that you know if you if this if now don't get me wrong, it would have been nice to see Alabama win the SEC tournament. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, if you sorry, excuse me, I had to cough there. Um, if you're reminded that um, you know if you go into that with with that championship a lot of times we've seen teams before go into the, the NCAA tournament and fall apart just because they think that they're undefeatable um and i am so sorry i keep coughing oh my um, God. i have something in my throat sorry there's something in the back of my throat um 
but a loss, you know, right before the tournament is a good way to kind of remind these 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 women that they definitely can lose. And so it's better to lose in a game like that than to lose when it's, you know, losing your out uh, in the NCAA tournament. So I agree with Katie. I think these these women are more than likely going to be a one seed. And then after that, you know, we, we, sh- we should see them, you know, I would I think they're going to progress pretty far and especially hosting, you know, at least one or two games in Tuscaloosa will definitely help them out. Absolutely, Joey. I hope I hope while we're transitioning that you just get the water. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'd have to get that out. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. But I, I, I think I'm okay it. now. I think I think I'm okay now. Oh, I think I'm goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I'm glad you're okay. And then last last thing, a little bit of positive news to end the podcast. Alabama basketball is back in action tonight to open the season. The women will take on Alabama A&M. The men will take on Longwood in Coleman Coliseum. Joey and Katie and myself will all be there to cover the action. And I understand we're racing against the clock because we're getting ready for those games. So we're going to kind of combine the last the last two sub points into just one one big takeaway. So I'll start it. I'll actually start this one with the basketball preview, like your expectations and players to watch. So, of course, within your expectations for the season, just name one or two players that you're looking forward to watch. And, of course, for me, and I think it's kind of a unanimous answer, is Brandon Miller. He's been named to numerous, <laughs> numerous um, preseason award watch lists. You know, he was a preseason All-SEC selection. You know, he's actually a projected first-round pick in the NBA draft to come up. I, they've been raving about him ever since he's came to campus. So I'm looking forward to see what he does in the Alabama uniform when the games count. And one thing I'm also looking forward to, even though – even though he won't be playing for a while, is Javon Quinterly. Of course, he's still recovering from his ACL injury. We're not expecting him back until December, but I think his leadership is really going to help shape the team. He has, he is one of the main last year's uh, contributors to that NCAA, you know, tournament team that made it with a 19 and 14 record, you know, SEC performance, all that stuff. So I think his leadership kind of helping these transfers and these younger guys kind of mold together faster is going to be a really big key. And then when he returns, the team is truly ready to hit the ground running. Because even though all the wins matter, December and then January and then, of course, February are going to be some really key months right before you get into March Madness. So, I, Joey, I think I'm going to start it with you. Go and just, you know, give your your quick season expectations before we log off here. For the sake of avoiding monotony, I will say Brandon Miller, obviously players that I'm excited about. Um, but to, like I said, to avoid monotony, I'm going to go with two other guys. I'm going to go with Charles Bediaco. I'm really excited to see his growth from year one to year two. Definitely good um, choice. Not just on the court, but not just on the court, but also his leadership. <clears throat> and then a player that I'm also, you know, really stoked to see is I want to see Namari Burnett finally take to the court for the Salah basketball team. Of course, he was out all last year after suffering a, a, a leg injury that kept him out. Uh, for its entirety, he suffered it. If I remember correctly, just a couple of weeks before the season started, um, and now he's you know finally gonna you know make his Alabama debut, and I think he's gonna be an instant impact guy. I think um, you know we'll see him definitely um, um, play a, a decent number of minutes this year. So if I had to pick out two players, those two um, are mine, and I'm gonna go ahead and shift it to Katie because I know we got to get out of here. <laughs> go ahead, Katie. <laughs> I agree with both or all your your choices so far. I think one guy I'm also looking forward to is Mark Sears. On the transfer from Ohio, kind of how he steps up while um, JQ is out. And I think he's going to play a big role as an experienced guard um, in this offense for the team that doesn't necessarily have a ton of experience. Obviously, there's a lot of hype with this freshman class, but it's a whole different game when you're playing college ball for the first time. And so um, Brandon Miller, obviously, like you mentioned, Mason has a ton of hype around him. He's been named to a ton of preseason stuff um, from people close to the program. You know, they have really high expectations for this kid, but you never know 
um, really until you see it for the first time. And so um, I think the experience of guys like Mark Sears, um, Noah Gurley, and Darius Miles, some of the you know few returners coming back are going to be important to this team as well. I think we're all in agreement here. There's going to be a pretty exciting season opener for Alabama men's basketball. I'm looking forward to see how the women's basketball team does as well. Christy Curry's 10th year at the helm for Alabama women's basketball. Brittany Davis was another all-SEC preseason selection. So there's going to be a lot to look forward to in terms of Alabama basketball. But to wrap it up, that will be the end of the All Things Alabama podcast today. Football coverage, basketball coverage, soccer coverage, all that expected this week. So please come back, you know, check check us out. Check out the website. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast, and coming soon to Amazon. Again, with Joey Blackwell, Katie Windham, I am Mason Smith. This has been the All Things Memo Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.